Public Radio, your favorite X-Men chat show, where we review every X-Men book that matters. This, this is a Rocktoberfest, an episode every single day for the month of October. Today's review, X-Men Red number 16, written by Al Ewing, drawn by Yildre Sinar. It opens with the number one best human in all of the Marvel Universe, Craig Marshall of NASA, of Arako, working with Peter Corbeau to shuttle mutants from Earth to Arako. Cobb and Lulo, the young kids that he adopted during Judgment Day, are in the back with Weaponless Zinn, Blackjack O'Hare, and the Prince of Power. Zinn borrows a marker and some paper to draw Cobb's truth, which makes him speak for the first time out of joy since Judgment Day, and Craig is disappointed he missed those first words. He also lets them know, hey, we can't go to Port Prometheus because it's on fire. Uh, the horsemen are legit just raising it completely, just destroying the city. Scissor of the Smoke pops in, Using her like Nightcrawler-esque powers, she collects the Uranus trigger, which was left by uh, Storm to the Night Seats to, to guard and protect. When she touches it, she's linked to Uranus, who like taunts her. Uh, says, oh, you should have, like, oh my god, you called me sooner than I thought. You must really be in bad shape. <laughs> uh, and basically tries to taunt her into actually using it. And then she, uh, she's interrupted by Kobach, who's like, oh, oh we got we to gotta get out of here. So they retreat. Roberto and Fisher King are, like, flying around trying to save people. And Sunspot's busy blaming himself for not seeing everything coming. Basically saying all of his death is on me. Fisher King's doing his best to distract him so they can focus on saving lives. Famine creates this massive towering water monster to kind of flood the lowliest corners of Rocco. But Aurora strikes him down, promises no more mercy. War lasts like a page and a half instead. She's just cleaning house on the Four Horsemen to begin with. Uh, Death invites her for one last dance, which is just an incredible back and forth between them. And then Pestilence attempts to take cheap shot, like fire and arrow, uh, which Nova jumps in front of. And so he's infected by her Pestilence. But Death strikes Pestilence down for interfering SZA arrives with the trigger and Storm is tempted by Uranus, who promises he'll wipe out every life from the other faction. She considers it. She considers having him just clean house before realizing she doesn't need anyone else to do it. She can do it herself. Uh, at the ruins of the Autumn Palace, the gate forms and out walks Apocalypse. Oh, he's not actually Apocalypse anymore. What was his new name? Anyways, uh, yeah. the real Apocalypse shows up. Yep. And then, and then, there's a backup story starring who, Keegan? Huh? Backup huh? story starring who? That wasn't, that wasn't in the version that I read. Oh. <laughs> you didn't get the backup story? No. You probably should scroll past it because it showed the end credits. Mm. But if you, if you, if you were sailing the seven seas... It, it was it is on those sites. It's just, anyways, it's starring Shark Girl. So I just wanted oh, to bring up Shark Girl week. It's a it's Shark it, Girl. It's a it, it's a it, selfless plug. <laughs> no, it really it, it's it's disappointing because it's a Sunspot and Shark Girl story that is unrelated to the overarching X Men Red story, but oh. it opens with Sunspot and. It, it leads you, or at least it led me to think we were going to get an explanation of why he's so heavily blaming himself in his one appearance in this issue. Mm -hmm. Like, I thought for sure it was going to tie in somehow. It did not. It was just one of those, 
weird marvel's been throwing them into random books this year i think just to be able to charge an extra dollar <laughs> where you just get these random backup stories that have nothing to do with what's going on and that's what uh, it was yeah. so. i must have completely missed it because i'm not used to backups being in my immortal or red so i just got to the end and was done well i also feel like it was un i don't think the x-men books have been put the end credits before it before it threw me off a little bit too when i just saw the number had like eight pages left and i figured it was gonna preview for another book and instead it was more red so don't feel bad about it (laughs) okay i won't i'll do my best (laughs) what'd you think of the issue oh i thought that this was fabulous it was so good i really had a fun time with the issue throughout uh i always like getting more time with uh craig of nasa Uh, that that opening scene to me was one of the most perfect scenes of perfection ever like the way like not only how it set up the rest of the issue by being this incredibly wholesome story that immediately cuts to pure devastation but we got the the neat scene of craig reaffirming like oh yeah no i just came here for the science but now like i am a defender of Morocco. like this is my people i i will i will die for them i have to basically is the monologue he gives to to corbo but then to see weaponless zin well okay before we get to Weblin's in, the Black Jack O'Hare and Prince of Power cameos are great. I love how Ewing writes them. Like, uh, They're both throwbacks to his Guardians of the Galaxy run where he incorporated them. So he he's used them once before in red. I just love Black Jack whenever he shows up. Like, If I got to write one Marvel DC crossover, I would write Captain Carrot meeting Black Jack O'Hare. I just think that would be a really fun, That would silly, be fun. That would be all, cool. All-rabbit like, duo, but... Using her power not only to make Hobbs day, but then to describe it as her mutant gift when her name is Weaponless Zen. Mm-hmm. Her whole shtick has been that she doesn't see what she does as a gift. She doesn't see it as a weapon. She's felt like she has been powerless and that she's made that full arc to where she's not only using it to empower or make people feel better instead of just showing them their darkest parts but that she sees it as a gift now is so cool. And was just this, it was the highest of highs. I just love that opening. And then for it to rip itself apart and be like, Oh yeah. Also Orocco's on motherfucking fire. Yeah. So good. Uh, especially to cut from all that to Port Prometheus being literally on fire. Yeah. Uh, it, so well done. Masterfully done, truly. Um, yeah, the weaponless and all that, that was hitting hard for me as well. Uh, it just, it was very powerful. I It made me happy. Uh, Uranus, Uranus is still just as scary as he was a year and a half ago. Like, yeah, super I, I feel like we hadn't seen cool. him since Judgment Day, so like, <laughs> I forgot just how intimidating every word out of him was. And Oh my god, the best part. Best part of seeing him, Droog, just impaled on a crystal in the cell. Yeah. <laughs> oh, that was so fantastic. That that made me laugh. And I'm pretty sure it we're supposed to have had a year pass in, in universe. So just to imagine him just having been through that nonstop since the end of Judgment Day is so yeah, that fucker deserves it. Good for he them. Really Good does. for them for just putting him through it. <laughs> Uh, the actual way the trigger works to me is incredibly cool and such a totally 100% Al Ewing thing. Yeah. Like, I guess I figured it would just literally be a, 
release Uranus and he'd be released. But the fact that the user has to basically negotiate terms with him before like officially releasing him, that mm-hmm. I, I, I guess telepathically linked or however that works, but the like that actual back and forth dialogue is so cool. Almost Games of Thrones Ian again. I know like I compare Al Ewing to Game of Thrones when it's good a lot, which is probably like a, a real baseline kind of but it just I loved it. I loved that portrayal of it. And of course, the data page where Storm actually decides not to do it. Yeah. Yeah, I was the data pages were really working overtime in this issue, I felt like, because like first you have like the rules of that Uranos trigger, and you know, you get you have to do you you essentially have to parlay with Uranos, but also you have to be cognizant and aware of like how how big this really is. Right. Yeah. To release them, you have to be aware of what it is that you're doing. I thought that that was really cool. Also, very smart of Storm to leave it to the night seeds. That felt right as well. Yes. Um, and yeah, just the data page. It's like, yeah, she could do that, but she could do it on her own too. And the fact that it's all in a data page that it's like Storm could also do this. And <laughs> yeah. I'm just like, yeah, Storm could also do this. Absolutely. Like, not even well, questioning it. We talked last issue about how the run of red has basically made her actual physical feats an afterthought. Like mm-hmm. her wiping out two of the four horsemen in two pages is so good. Just yeah. Oh yeah, no, no more mercy. Zap, you're dead. Oh yeah, oh you can last a little bit longer. Boom, you're dead. And then taking on death in that amazing scene. Like when we were told this is where the fight with the four horsemen goes goes down. This wasn't what I expected, but once I saw it, I was like, oh yeah, of course. She can wipe out the four horsemen. Of course she can. She's Storm. Yeah, yeah, I mean, of course. I The the choking them out, like choking the fire out of them with a tornado, I was just like, yeah, that's cool. Everything. Everything was so fun. Mm-hmm. Um, not enough Fisher King. I wish, I wish we saw more of him. We got a lot of him last issue. Like, last yeah. issue really focused on him, so... So I guess it's okay that we don't have him as much this issue, but I would like more Fisher King. I do think the Sunspot dialogue has more to it than than just the surface level. Like, that is foreshadowing some revelation about it. Uh, when he, at the gala, he had like an, a comment that was like, what, what are you doing on Earth? It was like, oh, secret stuff, very secret stuff. And like, so I think he is up to something. Like he may be responsible in a more grand way than we realize at this point. I think that'll be interesting to see. Yeah, I was kind of wondering about that too. I was I was wondering what is actually going on here that makes him feel so responsible. Yeah. Apocalypse. Yeah. One looks amazing. I mm-hmm. love. I love. I love his little little friend that he picked <laughs> up in that uh, the one shot. So the timing of next issue comes out in November. And uh, about two months ago, we got the first teaser for the return of New X-Men. And it mm. was in the Age of Apocalypse font. So everyone was like, oh, it's going to have to do with Apocalypse. So I have a feeling it's going to be announced next month and probably be a February launch for whatever it's going to be. And it's not going to be Al Ewing because we know Al Ewing's finishing his X saga with uh, the resurrection of Magneto. 
but whoever's picking up the space threads, I would assume it's going to be tied to that. I hope. Yeah. And that, that may end up being our safe place where everything else goes back to the mansion and whatever, like apocalypse may be our savior here, <laughs> whatever I mean, he's up to, if he's starting a new team, if he's taking over leadership of Arako, if he like forces some kind of truce between storm and, but it's interesting because he shows up to the vacant continent because when they were doing their big, like, Oh, here's where this land is. There's your, they, they explicitly, I don't know if it was last year's creation before, but talked about how the Autumn Lands were vacant because they're still destroyed from the fight with Vulcan in issue 9, 10, whatever that was. So there is an interesting, like, why does he show up to the to the wiped out vacant economy and say, this is where we rebuild? I'm very, very curious what he's up to. Yeah. Um, it'll be really interesting to see what happens with that and maybe it's got nothing to do with new x-men i mean the autumn palace was magneto's house maybe i mean it directly has to do with bringing magneto back but it'd be interesting, it'd be interesting to see what they do especially like because the font is very clearly like some sort of allusion to but then also you know Autumn Palace has where Magneto was. And also, on top of all of that, Storm is the leader of the Brotherhood. This is true. And so, if we're leaning on old names and alliances and enemies and all that kind of stuff, who knows what they're going to try to do with that idea of X-Men and Brotherhood and all that. I feel like he has to be coming back as an ally, though. For now, at least. I'm just saying, yeah. I wonder if that's going to be something moving forward. Yeah. You know, he's he's not quite on the Magneto level, but mm. Apocalypse is very much approaching a, t- a tier where, like, I don't really want to ever see him as a straight villain again. I, I can so agree much, with that. He is so much more interesting as a conflicted ally. Yeah. Like, I think that's such a more interesting role for him. Definitely. I guess we will find out probably next month. Yeah, and you won't, you won't have to wait very long for our commentary because we're pretty much caught up, dude. Yeah. We're like yeah. at least within a week of stuff coming out now. Mm-hmm. <laughs> or a week and a half or so. And with a few more days, we'll be truly caught up. <laughs> yep, we will be. And I'm excited about that. Finally. I know. Uh, tomorrow. Tomorrow. I don't remember what tomorrow is. Let me look real what's, quick. What's, what's, what's your final score on red? Oh, we didn't do final scores? My God. Uh, it's a perfect score again. Like yeah, I feel, I feel silly giving two fives in a row for after talking like I'm the hard ass, I'm the hard to please guy. But not if you're Al Ewing, apparently. Yeah, no, no I agree completely. It's a five. To me, that opening scene is one of my favorite things I've read all year. I just had so much fun with the way that played out. Uh, uh, tomorrow's. Oh, you know what? Tomorrow's book. I will tell you. For me, improved the series from the okay. first two issues of it. Okay. I'll leave that hanging true. there because there's a few number threes it could be, so it's still a surprise. Yeah. This has been a Rocco Public Radio. Rod can be found at Irrepressible Comics or That Nerdy Papa Bear, and Keegan can be found everywhere online as Bulk Ranger.